I think that art is a very powerful tool because it's, first of all, it's international and it's emotional. It doesn't need words to communicate. It, it kind of, it doesn't take the detour via words. It just speaks directly to your heart. Um, so good art does that. You are listening to Stories for the Future, Season 2. Stories about fixing our future and about big changes in career and life. Stories about being a beginner and daring not to always know the answer from the start. And stories about creating the best everyday life that we can. My name is Veselma Klavnes Berge and in this season I will be talking about connecting changes. I hope you will join me as I go out in the world and talk to people who are making positive changes for themselves, for other people and for the planet. Welcome! Hello, hello and welcome back to another episode of Stories for the Future. In the last episode you got to know Janne Robberstam. She's an artist, designer, teacher, and PhD student. And we had so much to talk about that I decided to split the episode into two parts. If you haven't already listened to the first part, I recommend you go back and do that first. In this second part of the conversation, we continue to talk around the topic of how important art and design is for our future. Janne shares how she worked on a really inspiring project for the local library. And I will make sure I share some pictures with you because they are amazing. And we spend quite some time on my standard question that I ask all my guests. What does the future look like for you? What have we accomplished in 10 years from now? I thought this was a very interesting question to ask Janne. He's a very creative person with a strong imagination. And last but not least, we discussed the fine balance between talking and acting, and why we should do both. So, enjoy this part two of my conversation with Janne, and I will see you on the other side. Okay, I, I, w- I would like to go back to you being an artist, because yeah. I think that we often forget the importance of arts, music, and culture, uh, when we when we are working with all the practical technical issues related to climate and sustainability, and uh, and I've seen it a number of times. I I kind of often forget it myself, but I've seen it and the importance how how important it is to get uh, people excited and engaged and. Uh, it should maybe be used more intentional intentionally. What do you think, or uh, or how have you experienced this yourself? Maybe through the science opera, of course, I would think. Well, yeah, through the science opera. Well, it, in the science opera, I mean, even if it is an opera that is streamed uh, mm. live on YouTube and has actually thousands of viewers, um, the audience as such is not our main target. Our main mm. target is the students who are creating 
yeah. and what they are learning through the creative process as they mm. work with the different scientific topics, both both the theory, the scientific theory, but also the through their practical, the creative work, um, and getting them engaged, uh, getting them um, excited about uh, art, science, sustainability. What they take, take, I mean, they they take this with them as like integrated knowledge. They um, go home and they teach their parents. And I mean, I know this for a fact because teachers are, have have told me this mm. that this their students' parents have told them, oh, you know what, my my kid learned so, such and such, and and they were giving me this whole lecture about the moon um, or whatever. Um, which is uh, which is very interesting, mm-hmm. I think. So our, as I said, um, when I work in education, my main target is the students. Mm-hmm. Um, we do try to um, to create well, or or to convey a message through the operas, obviously. Uh, so if if there's an external audience that likes it, and and learn something that's a great bonus <laughs> mm. so um yeah uh no i think but to answer your question again um i think that art is a very powerful tool mm. because it's first of all it's international and it's emotional it doesn't need words to communicate it, it kind of it doesn't take the detour via words it just mm. speaks directly to your heart um so Good art does that and makes you feel. Uh, it gives you an experience uh, for better, for worse, but it can make it can provoke you your thoughts into to uh, thinking thoughts, uh, realizing things that you haven't really wanted to confront yourself with mm. before. Um, so it, it is a very powerful tool. Uh, artists, I think, um, have more power than we think we do. Mm. Yes, I think it. so too. And I think about music, for instance. Yeah. Uh, like uh, how important uh, music is, for instance, uh, to create engagement or excitement uh, for mm. sports, for instance, like a yeah. football team, like they have their own songs. And yeah. if we could use that in the, in kind of the same way to get people excited about the the task ahead and the, the things that we have to do together and... Yeah. Things like that, I think maybe could be used even more. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I think you're you're uh, you're right. But, um, it, it's a challenge to. Well, there are several challenges. Uh, scientists, um, academics, scientists mm. have to be so accurate. So yes. they um, again, uh, the the science need to be accurate and and true um so so it's it it can become very dry and very undramatic in a way Mm -hmm. um whereas um artists are uh, they they kind of are allowed to be expressive Mm -hmm. to exaggerate uh on an emotional level 
uh, in a way that scientists or academics aren't allowed to do too. Um, there is there, one of the challenges is uh, to not moralize because yes. you can very quickly become like a preacher, mm. you know? Yes. Um, oh, we have to stop doing this. We have to, yeah. we have, you know, we have to yeah. do it this way. You, have to, you know, and there is, it's so exhausting yes, it is. For, for someone to listen to, to someone um, telling you all about what you're doing wrong and what mm. you should be doing instead. It's, it's kind of exhausting. Mm. So yes, uh, I I do actually try to um, when I when I have workshops, I do try to uh, look at what uh, the group already is doing that mm. is sustainable. Um, I also try to um, to ask them questions um, for them to answer about their own world their own situation their own uh, everyday life about what their challenges are about what they want to do something with what they consider are problems or issues and then together um it's more like asking them to tell me uh what they think the solutions are i mean i can add um i mean if if there are facts that i happen to know are directly wrong of course like i can um give them a hint about that but it's it's i think my role is more about asking questions mm. than being a preacher and and this is this is a challenge for me because as i mean all teachers are preachers you know mm. push play and we talk mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and we know everything so we're yes. always right obviously <laughs> but uh so so it's a challenge but but uh yeah asking questions instead mm. of preaching i think is a challenge um but again there i think uh art can do that um because art is very for the artist it's very personal so you actually expose quite a lot of yourself your own thoughts your own emo- emotions your own shortcomings uh Art is very seldom, like, moralistic, like, on a pedestal pointing the mm. finger down at, um, at, yeah, the others telling them what to do. It's more like, yeah, it's it's more expressing um, doubts, uh, emotions, worries, mm. even fear. Um, and that can be something that the audience can can recognize themselves in and i think that's um th- that m- might be able to reach further than the moral uh the moralistic preacher mm. yes i think uh we have to talk about the library because that i think is oh. a very good example <laughs> of, of of this way of working like using art to create yeah. hope and excitement because uh yeah. i think it was about one year ago i saw that you posted some pictures on social media and um it was from a project you had at your local library Right, yep. and you were. Yes. I read somewhere that you were asked to make the children's library magical. 
Yes. And I think that was one of those moments that I really saw for myself. And that was through my, through my screen online, how engaging art can be because I was just like drawn into these pictures. Can you just explain what, what this was and uh, how, what you created? It was fascinating. Yeah, well, thank you, <laughs> thank you. It, it was it was such a great uh, assignment to get or commission to get. Yeah, uh, it, it was. Uh, yeah, the municipality's main library. They were moving location, um, so everything was uh, being uh, the building uh, that they were moving into was being um, redecorated and um, rebuilt, basically. And uh, they had, uh, they, as you said, they wanted the children's, their main customer is actually children. Mm. Um, so they wanted to, to uh, prioritize the children's department. And um, yeah, they knew I was a sonographer. So they asked me if I wanted to make like a permanent sonography in the children's department mm. that could... Um, well, yeah, the short version is to make it magical, but mm. to to increase the experience, uh, both the visual and the tactile and the uh, experience, but also to trigger the curiosity. That that was what I wanted to do anyway. I th I think, I mean, a book is like a world that you can you can go into the you know um, lose yourself mm. uh, totally, <clears throat> enter this completely different world. And then you just emerge at the end of the book. And here's a whole library of different worlds. So um, I think that in itself is incredibly inspiring. I did make a chandelier at, uh, once you enter the library, which is a big white cloud. Uh, the ceiling is black. Mm. Um, and from it, uh, there are, I think, 17, 18 different globes different mm -hmm. sizes, different versions, um, hanging different heights. So it's actually a world of worlds, uh, which is what I think uh, a library is. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, since I'm into sustainability and sustainable design, almost everything I, I did was, uh, a, was to uh, reuse, repurpose. Uh, so all of these globes uh, were bought secondhand Mm. On uh, in charity shops uh, from private people, I I put out an ad on Facebook on yeah on different places to to buy these globes, um, and uh, yeah, also the the architect. So that that's the world of worlds. Uh, the architect had had already uh, decided on the colors, and and in the ceiling there were some some I think. Uh, they were mainly for for decor, but partly for for audio uh, to to soften the sounds as well. Mm -hmm. Some some shapes, uh, stylized shapes that looked like uh, like trees, like the bottom of trees, and they were in green, different green nuances. So I thought, well, uh, let's bring the nature into like combine nature and culture. So I got. Um, some very short traveled birch stems um, from uh, my uncle's farm <laughs> and that we uh, we um, uh, that actually goes from floor to ceiling 
uh, in several places in in the in the in the uh, yeah in the space. And on some of them, we have uh, old uh, wooden lamps that are are hanging on the on the um, stem. So it it kind of gives it like a fairy tale feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like the main thing is. Um, Oh yeah, and there's a big day bed that's uh, that's full of pillows with uh, recycled uh, old needlepoint embroidery, um, which which also are gathered from from different places. And I think they're kind of fascinating because just like the books, they all tell different stories as well. Mm. Uh, the different embroideries uh, of of people and places and and animals and. You can really trigger your own imagination, thinking about where they mm. all come from, who mm. are they, what, what would they like their lives be, and and then the pièce de résistance, isn't that what it's called? Um, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't French. I don't speak French. Uh, uh, it's it's the cabinet of curiosity. Uh, so so there's like a little. Uh, again, from the architect's uh, hand, there's there's almost like a little cave, where uh, with with a door that you have to kind of bend under yeah. uh, if if you're tall, like grown ups, but kids can just walk right in, and the the ceiling height is much lower. So in there, it's dark and it's cozy. It's, it really has a cave feel to it. And then on a whole wall there, I have uh, this curiosa cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the science fiction part of the library, but it could have been also the fact, uh, the factual books. Um, it is inspired partly by science, partly by Harry Potter yes, and Narnia, and yeah. you know, the, yeah, all the science fiction scum on stuff. I don't know what that's in English, but with different sci-fi series, um, and it's. Um, Actually, like all the shelves are, are connected to different uh, the different subjects at uh, Hogwarts, uh, yes. the Harry Potter school. Yeah. Uh, but but I've tried as far as I could to keep it again realistic, mm-hmm. um, so that I have actually I have in- integrated like real science, um, and then. In bet- I mean, like things, uh, things like unicorn horns are a bit difficult to come by. So I did make that, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> but yeah, I, again, almost everything is is uh, made from uh, secondhand. I mean, half of it was from my own house, but <laughs> from my living room. Um, but uh, yeah, and charity shops, flea markets, etc. But, but it, it, was- it was so fun. That's a, it's a, it's such a good example of how uh, beautiful and exciting and, uh, yes, engaging it can become just using what you have and not, yeah, secondhand. Yeah. You, but I will be sure to, to share your, I think it's on your Instagram, is it? Uh, so that people, yeah. people can see for themselves because that it's, it's hard to explain. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's on my blog as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole. Yeah, I'm sorry about the long explanation, but but the my motivation was definitely to to uh, to trigger the curiosity mm. uh, there there um, to 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 make them want to learn more. Like, mm. oh, what type of egg is this? Mm. Uh, is it really a dinosaur egg? 
what the dinosaur egg look, uh, look like? Oh, let's find, oh, here's a book. Let's see, could it be mm. this type of dinosaur? Could it be another side? Oh, maybe it's an ostrich, uh, you know, and, mm. and, and trigger their uh, will to learn uh, more. So, mm. um, yeah, that was my main objective with the, with the whole exhibition. I wish we had the same in our library. We have a really good library, but I think I, I need to show them some pictures. <laughs> yeah, you do that. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> I still have a lot of stuff in my living room yeah. I can get rid of. <laughs> oh, that's a good plan. Okay, yeah. so uh, being an artist, you have a strong imagination. I, I can imagine. <laughs> so imagine the future, the near future, maybe 10 years from now. This is my standard question, but I thought yeah. that, okay, it will be easy to, to ask you this. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, what does it look like for you? How, how have we sorted out things? And, and yes, how is it? Well, I'm glad that you asked me 10 years from now and not like two years mm. from now. Uh, because, uh, well, first of all, I think there's a lot of things that's going to, to happen in the next 10 years. There will be significant change on, in so many areas. And, and of course, obviously, um, I can have very dark days where, where I'm pessimistic and where, where I feel like uh, there are so many ignorant people and who are not willing to do what it takes and then and then sometimes i think um well actually uh it it doesn't really matter what i feel uh there's no reason for me to feel anything um to feel blue or to feel even optimistic in that sense because it's, it's not about feelings um what it's about facts and what happens, happens. So instead of me wasting energy on feeling um, pessimistic, I, I should take action. And as an adult, uh, and I, um, I believe that it is my responsibility, my moral obligation as an adult uh, to educate myself, to, to find the facts, um, instead of basing basic things on on emotions, but to find the facts, educate myself, and then act accordingly. Um, and um, maybe it's because I'm a I'm a teacher. I feel very um, I, f I feel a responsibility for contributing uh, for for the future for children. Um, but not yeah for the children of humanity but but also for for the earth itself for i mean humans aren't the only life form here um so i it, i think in short what i'm trying to say is that um don't base don't base um your view of the future on feelings but educate and yourself and base it on facts and then act do do what needs to be done and i think we should all start where we are in our own daily lives um with our jobs with our neighbors our family just trying to do uh, small things and, and larger things and um and once you start 
at one point, you know, some some place, some small place, it you will, it will become easier, and and gradually you will contribute to larger things. And I think that um, what what I do see uh, again, uh, not basing it on feelings, but through uh, what I have learned, read, uh, is that there is um, that there are so many great things going on. We have uh, we have so much knowledge. We have so much technology. We have so much. Um, uh, well, there there is a, a very strong will uh, in a majority. I think of the people of the world. Yeah. So I think instead of of uh, of expecting very poor people to contribute in a large way, which which we kind of do in a political uh, on the political arena uh, we should instead maybe focus more on facilitating their ability to to uh, jump ahead of the process uh, not taking the detour via polluting solutions like like we've done in the west with with you know the coal coal and the oil but straight, jump straight to to um, to like sun power uh, for energy for example um, so, so I think we should be um, like consciously be a bit more generous with uh, with both ourselves and others uh, in our um, in our uh, approach or our, or our trial to to uh, to become more sustainable, and then maybe we should be less generous with with the people who are actively and people companies who actively work against it because obviously there are people and companies who are very short-sighted uh and want to earn a lot of money now and not worry about the future based on facts i think there is we have the knowledge we have the willpower both in businesses a lot of businesses a lot of people and a lot of politicians as well i think politicians are a bit reluctant uh, because of popular opinion and worrying about being re-elected etc um but in 10 years i think that so much will have happened that we will have had to um activate all these um all these positive things that are going on and we will be on a fast track towards a sustainable uh, world, much more sustainable. Um, so I am, uh, I am an optimist. I think in ten years we will be in a much better place, um, on a on a social level or or on a, a conscious level. We'll be in a much better place. I think. I think we will be forced to to make these changes because uh, the ecological systems are will keep throwing more and more uh, serious warnings uh, and and changes at us. So you know we can't continue to deny, and we won't. Hmm. It's as hmm. simple as that. A lot of people are already aware of this and are doing. A lot. I, I do work with with a lot of young people, and young people are. I said not to feel anything, but young people do actually make me feel very optimistic, yeah. <laughs> because they are already very conscious. There are um, 
they are um, not just talking about it, but they are doing. I mean, they are willing to um, to do what it takes, and they are already uh, making some tough choices. Uh, so I think they are being um, uh, good role models. Uh, usually you talk about role models as someone who's old and wise and has lived a long life, but I think actually young people are wiser. They're showing more wisdom than mm. older people. Young people, through their wisdom and action, um, will of action, will lead the way and um, together join forces with Mother Nature, who's not... Um, who, who might be a bit stricter, mm. <laughs> tolerant than the young people. And uh, there will be a change. In 10 years, we will uh, definitely, on a conscious level, uh, be hardworking towards a better sustainable mm. future. I want to just build on something you said there uh, that I have yeah. been, I'm constantly wondering about myself. And that is the, the balance uh, between uh, acting You, you mentioned acting based yeah. on the facts yeah. and yeah. informing and talking and educating ourselves because, you know, we're both uh, climate reality leaders and a lot of that yeah. work is is knowledge sharing, giving talks, uh, gathering or informing people about, yeah. about what's happening and what's at risk, etc., And sometimes I have the feeling that we we keep talking and talking and informing and like uh, kind of postponing the action. How do you see us balancing that? Yeah, I think um, what well, the climate reality movement has different object objectives. It, it's a worldwide organization mm -hmm. or, or movement, and the different countries have different level of of consciousness in the average public. Uh, for instance, in the US, where it originated, there is a dire need of information uh, because there are so many climate uh, deniers, climate reality mm -hmm. deniers. Um, so they, they, they need a lot more information. Um, at the same time, and in Scandinavia, where we'll, we live, uh, most people are quite aware they're quite conscious and they're more like looking for solutions okay i know i know what's going on so what do i do now so they kind of need we kind of need help to to take the next step and uh also and this um this is something i've, I've actually thought a lot about in in a different um different setting um what i I mean, I can feel something, I can talk about something, but unless I do something, action, it's action that really matters. Now, now talking about it to people who don't know the information, that is an action because then you inform others. So, so that's, a, that's a good first step. Well, the first step is to educate yourself, become conscious, educate yourself, spread the, share the knowledge, and then start acting. Because, I mean, just to use another example, um, If, if you see, this is actually from the Bible, I think. Uh, if you see a poor man outside your door starving, um, do you go, go just close the door and, and uh, go back inside and say, oh, wow, there's, there's, oh, 
there's a poor guy outside my door starving. Okay, come on, it's dinner. Uh, you know, say that to your kids. But or or do you actually do something? Uh, do you actually invite him in and give him food? Um, now to him. The hungry person, it doesn't really matter if if you think, oh, poor you, or if you think, I mean, it doesn't matter what you think of him. Uh, what matters is if he gets food. And I think that's kind of, I don't know if this is a good example, but I mean, it's the kind mm. of the same thing with, with, uh, with the climate. I mean, action matters. Um, and obviously, when there are lots of people who are still ignorant, there needs to be more information. But for all of those who are of us who are conscious, uh, conscious already, we need good solutions on how to act uh, in good, sustainable ways. And that's where design comes in. That's where big business comes in. There, that's where politics come in um, about uh, the the um, transparency of companies, how they produce their products, for instance, um, and and politics of making sure that, well, we only import goods that are such and such and such. Um, uh, yeah. That they're fair trade, that they're, mm. you know, whatever transparency, etc. Um, so action matters and um, more than intent yes. in this case. Yeah. We don't have time to just keep talking. That's for sure. Yeah, we can talk. We can talk yeah. while we do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah, and and I think that's. Um, I think to continue on that thought, uh, I think there is a danger of of the green environment to move or the green movement, if you'd like, uh, becoming a very moralistic movement. Um, the I am better than you. Uh, do what I say because I know best that type of communication. And that's maybe why I'm reluctant towards the, the, the kind of missionary approach that sometimes um, you can recognize in, um, in people who are very strongly advocates for sustainability, which I, which I totally understand. Uh, but I think that actually actions talk louder than words sometimes. And this is why I feel it's very important um, to act. Uh, yes, we can talk as well, uh, but but don't forget to act. Mm. Um, do what you can, big or small. And uh, yes. yeah. I agree. And a, a, lot, a lot of small actions, uh, we, we don't have to mm. be perfect. I mean, none of us are really. Uh, so a lot of small actions, I mean, they do mount up and they do make a difference. And um, yeah, just, just yes. keep swimming, as Dory says. If everybody, <laughs> just keep if everybody does yeah. some, something, uh, then we will get yeah. a long way. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so what's, what's up for yourself uh, in the near future? And should we be paying attention to to anything that you will be doing, like a new library project, <laughs> oh, <laughs> or I is wish. it just your exams? No, I, yeah, I have to deliver an exam in a week and a half. I yeah. will have. I uh, know we're. Um, I'm involved in in several 
uh, international research projects uh, where we are training teachers and students uh, within the creative STEAM education methodology. So once uh, I've delivered my exam, I will uh, continue with uh, preparing a summer school for teachers mm. in the global science opera methodology. So that's free for anyone to join. Um, wow. uh, be it if you yeah, because it's online. We don't have any expenses. Otherwise, yeah. we would be in Greece, which I kind of have to admit that I enjoy. Would be nice. <laughs> yes, it would be nice, and and not. I mean. Yes, uh, if, but not necessarily because of, of the beach and the pool, which which are nice, but actually because of the social factor. Yeah, being in the same room, being informal, you know, mm. the the, co- the informal coffee breaks. Mm. That is what is missing with the Zoom mm. conferences. Absolutely. So so it's more the social aspect that that I'm missing. But in any case, uh, yes, because we don't have any expenses with it, uh, it will be free. For anyone who wants to, who is interested in STEAM education, in working uh, interdisciplinary with uh, science or art, mm. it's uh, scientists or artists or, well, basically anyone who wants to join in can, can do that. It's, yeah. it's five days, July 12th to 16th. So, yeah. We, I can... we, we have to add the links for that. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll send you the link. Yes, yeah. and also the science opera, of course. That of is course, in course. November again, right? November 20th, yes. I'm actually very proud of that project. So, yes, uh, yeah. I, I will be watching it this year. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And I will, of course, yeah. also share your um, your um, social media account, your Instagram, I think is very nice <laughs> to follow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't have that many artist friends, you know, so it's... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's very nice to have that yeah. aspect as well. Yeah. Well, there, there's, it's, there's not so much art on it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, some, some gardening um, and some different Yeah, things. yeah, you know, as... Uh, pandemic the world is a bit smaller it's yes, uh, but it is. gardening is uh gardening is cool it's fun yes it is yeah i agree yeah thank you so much for this it has thank been you. great uh, the yeah thank you for having me so that's it I hope you got some new ideas and maybe also some new perspectives about how our creativity is really important going forward into this exciting future full of possibilities and improved ways of doing things and designing stuff. Check out the links to the Global Science Opera, Janne's webpage and other resources mentioned in the episode. You will find them in the show notes. Janne was actually this season's last guest. Before I take a break for the summer, I will publish one short episode about what's to come in the fall and also a little review of season two. Did you realize that all the guests in season two were women? Why is that? I have wondered about that and I will spend a few minutes discussing that with myself in the next short episode. Until then, take care and talk to you again soon.